got a question for you. Would you rather read a Jane Austen book or would you rather watch a Jane Austen movie? Or would you rather watch a reading of a Jane Austen book movie? Well, that's the prospect I've got for you today. It's the Jane Austen Book Club starring incredibly charming people like Jimmy Smits and Maria Bello and Mark Blucas, who I'm told is an actor. It's a film about people reading Jane Austen. I don't know what's more interesting, the people reading or the Jane Austen, because I like to do both. Well, I don't like to do... I like to do Jane Austen books, as in reading. I don't like to... You get what I mean. It's the charming Jane Austen book club. Welcome to A Gentleman Guide to Rumcoms. I'm Kelly McCrillis. And as always with me is my co-host, Aaron Grails. Welcome, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed talking to my decrepit aunt. Oh, so rude. <laughs> so, um, please, uh, forgive my nephew... Uh, my grand nephew. I he's not acting so good right now. Where are you from, Aunt? I'm from Derbyshire. What what part of Derbyshire? Well, if you ever chose to visit, um maybe you knew. Oh <laughs> sorry, I'm cotton the vapors. Oh no. Did you get British COVID from the nineteenth century? It's it's more commonly known in my time as the black lung. Yes. That's that's not true. You didn't get black lung then. I got it from my father who worked in the mines. Was it's his a, name? It's a hereditary black lung. His name is Derek Zoolander. Pop. <laughs> Hi, guys. Oh. <laughs> oh, my great aunt just transmogrified into my co-host, Kelly McCrillis. Sorry, I've been drinking. Oh, that's why. Maybe <laughs> it, I've it been It brings drinking. out the old aunt in me. Oh, God. Hi, Ryan. Hi. How you doing? Good. How was your um, baby moon? Oh, yeah. I went on a baby moon. It was great. Uh, Robin and I climbed half of the Storm King, which is this um, this small uh, small mountain in the Cascade. No, the Olympics. Uh, up you on went to the, the Olympics? The Olympics. Yeah, I went to the Olympics. Uh, we, we got second. In the in the in the Olympics in the old Olympics, like in all of them, we got second. Good job. Yeah, yeah we're pretty proud, especially because I mean, Robin's pregnant. That's pretty good. How far pregnant is she? Robin is um, six months, two weeks far pregnant. Give me. Well, actually, when this comes weeks. out, she'll be six months. Seven. I think months. she'll be seven months pregnant. Whoa, Whoa. you're stumbling into the third trimester. Uh, she's wicked tired, guys. Guys, she's wicked tired. Do you feel, does she feel like second trimester was pretty... She feels pretty round. Um, yeah. What, second trimester what? Bulbous. <laughs> she, she felt... <laughs> hey, that's my wife. <laughs> she felt like she got her energy back and was hanging out, having a good time. Oh, I mean, having yeah. Having a good time. Having a good time. You know, on this, uh, on this trip we were on, the first two days, she was like, yes, 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 I'm hiking mountain lady. Yeah. I'm going to sleep outside, go to the beach, climb a mountain. Woo. 
And then um, subsequently we stayed at a bed and breakfast, which we kept calling an Airbnb because that's kind of invaded our public consciousness now. Mm-hmm. But we got it back. We started calling it a nice. bed and breakfast nice. and it felt good. Um, but then she was like sleepy and she was like, I, I could go back to the bed and breakfast and Man, lie down now. I got so much done when Sarah was pregnant because <laughs> she's like, I'm going to go nap. I'm like, I'm going to go read a book and finish it this time. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's that's the thing about Robin and I. We spend a lot of time together and I'm trying to get her to nap more so I can have a moment to myself. But she just won't nap. So love you, I guess Robin. we'll hang out. To, I guess we'll hang out together and love each other or whatever. You're going to have. Lots of together time in a few months. I promise you that. Yeah, maybe she'll learn to nap then, though, and I can get like a moment alone with my baby. I guarantee you, she's going to nap a lot. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, this is this is advice that Rachel Green didn't follow in Friends, but you need to follow this. Sleep when your baby sleeps. What What was her deal? She did. She woke up the darn baby. Oh. She woke up at Emma. What's her name? Right, Emma? but she did learn to play. I like big butts, and I cannot <laughs> lie. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, I'm glad that you guys had a good baby moon. If people Great are pregnant out there, moon. go have a baby moon. Go have a baby moon. We were really lucky. We got to go away for four whole days because we're a couple of freaking freelancers. That's great. Yeah, I'm jealous. Great. I'm jelly. Um, well, uh, I'm glad you're back because I wanted to finally play a game with you. And this game. <laughs> we're weird is called the Great Jane Austen Movie Adaptation Trivia Quiz. Whoa, You're going to ask me how many versions of Pride and Prejudice there are? No, but I should. Okay. I'm ready. Hold on. I'm breathing in so I can put a corset on. Oh, no, she's back. Go away. You darn ant. Got a, I've got an ant problem. I need to call you. Oh, go sit down on my fainting couch. <laughs> I'm unappreciated in this house. <laughs> Sense and Sensibility. Mm, I know of it. Directed by Ang Lee. Mm-hmm. Written by Emma Thompson. 95. Emma mm-hmm. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Winslet. Coming, it was our fifth movie we did. It'll be on the 4K box set that I'm going to buy in a few weeks. Yes. That's coming. The, so- the Sony box sets taxi driver sense and sensibility social network what anatomy of a murder it's such a random set but i'm like i want to watch all those movies. actually hey um if anybody out there finds any random sets those are some of my favorite things like when yeah. they pair bat like weird movies together yeah yeah, yeah. Send, send us pics it's super random yeah so that movie made a splash at the oscars mm-hmm. it won one Oscar. It was nominated for seven overall. I think you already know what the winning Oscar was. Um, yeah, well, okay. Let me think for a second because I know Ang Lee was tapped for Best Director that year. Um, I imagine it was nominated for Best Score, Best Costume. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. You're, you're ramrodding over my actual trivia question. I'm oh, going to just okay, say right, right. it won an Oscar for writing. Best yeah. adapted screenplay, oh. not original. Yeah, that's the one I was going to say. My trivia question to you is: Name all seven nominations. You have. Well, you already. I already gave you one because okay. it was writing. I'm go okay. Writing, um, directing, costume, score. Hold on, I have to double check myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> this is insane. You're wrong. 
Ang Lee was not nominated for Best Director. I, oh. And I was like, did I write this down wrong? Where's Ang Lee? He's not nominated. Whoa, because it's impeccably directed. I know. Okay, keep going. Okay, so I said writing, costumes, score, mm-hmm. um, Best Actress. Which one is which one is nominated for lead? Well, I, I think Emma Thompson's nominated for lead, and then Best uh, Supporting Actress with Kate Winslet. Bingo bongo. Um, I'm going to say Best Supporting Actor with Alan Rickman. No, I'm sorry. Damn it. Um, there's how many more do I have? There's two you still need to get. I'll give you a clue. There's one big one you're missing. Well, Best Picture. There you go. Okay. I was surprised that it nominated for Best Picture because there's only five at that point in time, right? Mm-hmm. And then Best Sound Editing? No, I'm sorry. What was it? Best Cinematography. Oh, yeah. I don't... Sorry, camera guys. I'm going to give you like 0.8 out of one on that. You I, pretty much got it. Thanks. You I appreciate it. You didn't get all of it. No, but, and I, I, I went off the rails pretty early. But yeah, yeah. it was good. All right. Not Ang Lee for directing. I Are know. you kidding me? Come on. I feel like I, if he's won one down the road, half of that might be an IOU Oscar. Seriously. Yeah. It's like a Scorsese situation all over again. Okay. 2005's sure. Pride and Prejudice. Mm. One Joe of Wright. your favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, the question I was wanting to ask you is, how did I watch that movie? So I'm going to just put that in as a bonus question right now. How did I first, how did Ryan first watch Pride and Prejudice? Well, okay. I thought it might've been on my birthday when I was super drunk in bed with me. It was, we were definitely not in a bed together. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Was it downstairs on? No, we weren't in a bed together. No, we were not. It's okay if we, it's okay if we wanted to be, but we were not. We've never spent a bed together. We've been in, be- we've been, we've in, been in many beds together. We've been, be- we've bed. Just not with Pride and Prejudice. No. no. Um, <laughs> um. Can I just tell you? Yeah. It was at your house and you left. Wait, wait, mine and Peter's house? Yeah. Okay. And you left. Okay. And you basically like gave me the DVD and you're like, hey, I'm going to be gone for two hours. You should watch this. And I was like, <laughs> where was okay. I going? Class? I don't know. You were, it was a Saturday and you had something to do and you're like, you've got two hours to kill at my place. You should just watch Pride and Prejudice. I'm like, mm. okay. Uh, I'm a wise, I, well, I, I should give my past self a high five for being so wise. And I was like, ah, this Kelly's a great friend. This is wonderful. <laughs> and I have free reign of my kitchen that had carpet in it. Man, that place was weird. Yeah. Okay. 2000, 2005's Pride and Prejudice. Uh-huh. There are in the Bennett family, the, in the Bennett family cast, yeah. they are all British except for two actors. Who are the two actors who are not British in that family? Jenna Malone. Yes. The other one's, I would, I thought is an obvious one. I, I would, I think I'm, I think I'm going to say Bennett family. Bennett family. I didn't say the Bennett sisters. I know. I, I, I think I'm going to say Mr. Bennett. Donald Sutherland. Yes. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. He's Canadian. Oh, okay. So, so like, I, I know that Donald Sutherland has he's been in a lot of movies, but um, I, I was like, like, okay, he's in MASH, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's American. <laughs> um, You're cool. like yes. second. Well, I mean, come on, Kiefer Sutherland, like super duper not British. Like he's Jack Bauer. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Last question. I think you're running. I guess. I, I, I let, I'm at 1.8, I think, yeah. out of two. Um, persuasion. Mm. Okay. 
is directed by Roger Michelle. Mm-hmm. Name one other romantic comedy directed by Roger Michelle. Roger Michelle. Roger Michelle. The clue that'll give to you, Paravu, is that this rom-com he directed is in the rom-com gents pantheon. We've done an episode on it. I believe it's, um, well, the the two that are coming to mind are um, Audrey Hepburn goes on a a Vespa and- um, Well, I'm gonna stop you there. Persuasion was directed in 1995. So I want right, right. I want I, you to rethink no, that no, shot. No, but but what I was <laughs> actually going to guess uh-huh. was while you were sleeping. Okay, so it's between Roman Holiday, yeah, which was made forty, 40 years, years before then, <laughs> or while you were sleeping. Correct. I am going to just give you a soft new. No. <laughs> oh, who was it? It was. Or what movie? The movie was, and I am so sorry. You're going to feel so stupid. Notting Hill. Oh shoot! You're right, man. I do feel stupid. We've we've talked about Roger Michelle a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, well, fans. Uh, this is uh, this is Kelly signing off. Thank you for Pretty letting good. me be the host of this podcast for such a long time. Uh, I'll see you later. But he does a really no, 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 get out of here. Shush. Uh, he did a really wonderful, tender job with persuasion in his movie and. Mm. You, if you can imagine persuasion. So he came out against Ang Lee. Um, let me fact check myself. Was it 95 specifically? It was like very mid 90s. Yes, 95. 95. Wow, what a year for Jane Austen adaptations. What? Well, what a year for Jane Austen. Well, 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 well. Well, some say she's dead, <laughs> but some say, nope. Yep, they yeah, say she's, she's dead. dead. No, no, they checked the coffin. Yep, she's dead. Uh, this week, we are doing the film Jane Austen Book Club. Well, why don't you tell me a story about it? Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. The concept is six books, six people, no survivors. It kind of feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or how about this is the concept. Six stories that mirror Jane Austen's books as they read them. Will these six characters be Jane Austen characters? Probably. Oh, my God. Um, that was a little George Takei, wasn't it? Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, Jane Austen. Oh, my. Ja- oh. Jane. Oh, my. <laughs> now, now I'm getting somewhere else. Oh, Jane. Oh, Bay Jane. Austin. <laughs> Who are we? I think we're Jeffrey Rush if he's really drunk. <laughs> Boys, let's take a walk. <laughs> um, let's 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 say I, I really want to like let's this is a ensemble yeah. cast. Let's talk about characters. OK, let's start. um because I don't want to go through the entire plot before I think, we talk about characters. I think we can start the spider web with Amy Brenman's character. This is not yeah, chronological, Sylvia. but we'll start with Amy Brenman's character. She's married to Jimmy Smits. Jimmy Smits! Good morning, Usnavi. <laughs> Good morning, Usnavi. 
Um, Jimmy Smith, who decides that he is going to like, well, we meet all of them at this dog funeral for, um, and I like how he's like, this is dumb. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody is like, this is dumb, but he's courageous enough to say it. But Miss Bello, uh, who, who does she play in this movie? Maria Bello is the blonde one. Maria Bello's character is Jocelyn. Yeah. So Jocelyn's dog died and right. Jocelyn is Sylvia's best friend. And after this, they decide to go to dinner or Jimmy Smith has this great plan where he's like, I'm going to take Sylvia to dinner. Yeah. And at dinner, I'm going to say, you know what? Maybe we do need to refresh our lives a little bit. I've been seeing someone for six months. I want to keep seeing her end of discussion. We're breaking like, up. Okay. Well, you're a tramp. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I immediately it's, dislike you. It's, it's uh, this movie. I, I want to say right up front that, um, in the first 20 minutes or so, I was pretty worried about this movie. Uh huh. What happened after minute 20? Uh, after minute 20, there was a ramp for me. Uh huh. It got better. Uh huh. And, um, but I, at first I was like, man, you're like, I don't, guys, anybody, anybody, if you're breaking up with someone, don't do it Jimmy Smith style. No, this is, this is like, um, and, and they, they like kind of call this out in the movie where they're like, obviously he's never read a uh, Jane Austen book, but that's for breaking up with her in general. But like, don't go to a public place to break up with your wife of 20 yeah, years. Yeah, don't go to a public place to get a divorce. Yeah, that is <laughs> like, if you've been dating somebody for like eight weeks and you're like, oh, by the way, I don't, I mean, if that works for you. But still, it's much better and much more tender to be be like, hey, I care about you, but I, I, I can't be with you anymore in a private setting yeah. where someone doesn't have to be freaking embarrassed like yeah. that. Can I tell you a weird phenomenon? Yeah, go ahead. I've never dumped someone before. And I just realized, like, what a thing for me to have, like, avoided. Like, what Oh, my gosh. It's the worst. To, like, to be dumped sucks, but in a... What's worse? What, in a, what in is a worse? No, like, there's a no, there is a sh- sadness, but a nobility in being dumped because you're yeah, like, it's like, I'm going to be strong. Well, uh, you're going to be strong or you're going to be justified in your sadness and your anger. Mm-hmm. But if you are the dumper, you, you have no, you have all the power and none of the nobility. And, 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 and it's not, I mean, you're, it's not that you're like dumping somebody is a bad thing. Sometimes it's the most healthy thing for two people to have done. I mean, that's why you're doing it. So yeah. you, you can be in a better place. But it is so like you are causing someone pain on purpose for <laughs> right. like a greater good perhaps. And it is just, it is the worst position to be in. Yeah. I remember being your like Sherpa. I, well, not your Sherpa, but you're like for, through two breakups, actually. Well, I can, I think I get through it, but I was your cheerleader. I'm like, you can do it. It's it's better. It's best in the long run. Like right. a band aid, rip it off. Just get it done. Come home. We'll get drunk. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was one that lasted days. That, well, I that, think it was weeks. Like that you Sherpa'd me through. Yeah, I was like. It was like every week, you're like, I'll do it. I, I will. <laughs> then you got there. <laughs> but I'm but, really proud. But not proud of Jimmy Smith's. Because, <laughs> no, it's because a terrible job. And, Worst and the, breakup ever. There was something about the dialogue in this scene where it was like, 
he was like, and by the way, it's, um, this isn't like up for debate, but I, I'm not giving up on her. It's like, it's like, okay. okay. Like the case closed. uh, At least you're direct. So anyway, that's Sylvia. And Sylvia is kind of like a, she lives in a house that I kept mistaking for Meryl Streep's house, um, in, it's complicated. It's like low budget Meryl Streep house. It is. Um, I liked this house a lot. You did? Yeah. Because it was lived in? Yeah. Okay. Um, but she, she's devastated. She's devastated, but she's just seemingly a, a nice person who works for the public library system. Yeah. Yeah. And she's rich because of it for some reason. And <laughs> I think she's also rich. Like her and Jimmy Smith's together uh, are rich, yeah. and she gets half and he of it. Yeah, he gives her the house. So, yeah, okay. So uh, it's Maria Bello's idea of like, hey, let's start a book club to cheer her up. What Was books? it her idea? I think it was something. It was either her. I thought it was Bernadette's idea. Her or Bernadette was like, let's have a book club to yeah. cheer her up. And Maria Bello, who, what, what's her character's name? Um, jo- Jocelyn. Jocelyn. So Jocelyn, um, she's the one whose dog died and she, she's kind of like a, a forever independent, not fall in love kind of person. Yeah. Um, and always she, single. Always single. Always. She's a dog. She's a dog mom. Yeah. Wait, so how come, how come you can like disparagingly. I think this is turning around, but how come disparagingly people use the word like cat lady, but not like dog person? Uh, as a cat person myself, I get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you see someone with a dog, they're out on a walk, they're living life. They're like, they're come bonding. on, come on, let's okay. go out. And with the cats is like, no, no, get off. No, that's you as a cat person. So, okay. and I enjoy being a cat person. But yeah, it's it's not good. Okay. <laughs> so she's a dog person and she's independent forever. Then there's Bernadette who's like kind of like the older sassy been divorced six times but love and life mm-hmm. lady. Yeah. She's and played by Kathy Baker. Kathy Baker. Sorry Kathy, never heard of you. But you're fine in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I like I like her in this movie. And then um we have Purdy Purdy, played by Emily Blunt. <laughs> Emily Blunt, who this is what, like, Emily Blunt is good at playing severe, but this is the first time I've ever seen her, like, but, like, non-intimidating. She's kind of a pathetic she's, character. She's she's a little pathetic, a Sorry. little buttoned up. Yeah. Um, she's, she's going through a, like, she's going, like, it's obvious that she as a character has a lot of past trauma that is giving her... Like she is, she's very nervous. Yeah. Yeah. But nervous, but domineering when it comes to like, I know a lot of these people in the English department. She's snooty. Yeah. She's, she's like, I know things and my ability to know things is what gives me power in a situation. But also still socially awkward about it. Yeah. Still socially awkward. And so, and then there's. Well, her situation is she's not getting along well with her husband who has to. He was going to take her to France on a business trip, but then the business trip got canceled and she's really upset at him for it. And I don't know what he could have done about it. Well, no, I mean, logistically, yeah, but he's also not very... He, he doesn't really feel bad that this dream trip yeah, for her got canceled. Yeah, because it's obvious that she's, like, super into this trip. And he's like, yeah, sorry, babe, what do you want me to do? And he, like, goes out the door. And this, this guy's played by um, Buffy alumni. Oh, okay. Is that why there was Buffy quotes? Yeah, Buffy alumni, Mark Blucas. Uh, and... Yeah, he plays Buffy's boyfriend slash like oh. super soldier <laughs> okay. for for a while. And at one point in time in this movie, there is a Buffy reference, and 
I have issues with it. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah. a big Buffy fan, I figured it was it was weird. Uh, yeah, and her that's half of her problem is she's not getting along well with her husband, but she's also really not communicating what the problem is with right, her husband. Right, right, right. She's she's very closed off. Yeah, and it's like okay. The other half is where my full-on disappointment in this movie came is she has a subplot where she has a flirtation with a high school student. Uh-huh. And it is cringy as hell. I didn't feel as cringy about it as you did. I found it very cringy and it tanked the movie for me. I thought the movie would have been fine without that, but with it, I'm just like, I can't get into this story, guys. I'm sorry. I don't find anything interesting here. That's fine. I, um, yeah. I, I get why um, it's I mean, it's a cringy subject. Yeah. Uh, like we we recently talked about Never Been Kissed, which deals with this all movie with yeah. our central character. Yeah. But as a person who is going through like a basically a quarter life crisis, I would say is where Purdy's at. Uh, yeah. She's teaching French. I don't know if she's supposed to be like mid 20s. I feel like she's mid 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she kind of has this crush, but in a, in a very similar way as like somebody like in never been kissed where she's, she's kind of nerdy and she's reserved and she, but instead of having a crush on an adult, well, I guess this kid's technically an adult. He's 18, but But he's a senior in high school. This is still a fireable offense. And she's her teacher and she, she wouldn't go to jail. She'd just be fired. She would be super fired. Yeah. (laughs) She has the hots for the, this, this guy in school, this, this, may I say again, a high school student, she has the hots for. Right. And, and I think so, so he, uh, he also like kind of really, he, he encourages this and like the two of them get very, very close to consummation at times in the movies, but literally like, yeah, they get close, but like the, the furthest they actually go physically is a kiss. Right. And so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not putting the movie in a dumpster. I'm not saying like, cancel this movie i'm just saying i (laughs) so so i i found her character interesting kind of not only because of other things going on with her but also because of this where she's in a very self-destructive place in her life right where she is getting no satisfaction multiple places and so she's reaching out and so yeah not a redeemable part of her character but it does make her interesting certainly and I'm not saying this plot line can't exist. It's just it felt jarring in the genre that they're doing it. This movie was complicated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other characters we have is Allegra, which is... <laughs> which, uh, which is an allergy medicine, guys. <laughs> Allegra Cole and Hitch. Yep. Allegra Cole. It's Amy Brenneman's daughter, Sylvia's daughter. Played by... Uh, um, Maggie Grace Maggie from Grace. Lost. Yes, yes. She's great. She dies at the end of the first season? Uh, Spoilers! I mean, Lost has been out forever, guys. Uh, she was also the daughter that was taken in Taken when Liam Neeson goes after the daughter who was totally. taken. Totally, yeah. Uh, I really, I like her as an actress. She makes some choices. She makes some acting choices. I'm like, that was a choice, but I still like her, like, persona-wise. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I, like, I, I feel like this movie is full of... This movie's full of strong choices. Yeah, there's a lot of strong choices. Yeah. Um, and her thing is that she's a lesbian in a 2007 film. And yeah, the movie really wants you to thing. know that it's like, we've got a lesbian here. Hey, look, look, we got Dotson. We got Dotson. We got Dotson. <laughs> See, nobody cares. <laughs> um, but like in 2007, 
it was that, a big that deal. feels a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like looking at it through a 2021 lens, you're like, good for you. It's <laughs> like, I mean, but that, that being said, like, like I feel like the way they handled it for 2007 was great because yeah. like basically when we get introduced is like Jimmy Smith's is making fun of people having like no sex. Um, and like, she's like, look, I'm like, and no kids. Yeah. Like he brings up no kids. She's like, I'm gay. I might never have kids. And, I just have a like, good life. He's depends. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a relationship with another human being. Yeah, you're please. Right, right. And yeah, so he's, so, that was a cool dad. Moment. And so that's, and in addition, so we've, we've not Jimmy Smith's, but everybody else we've talked about is in the Jane Austen book club. And the one last person, can I just finish Maggie Grace? Yeah. yeah. Her other thing is that she's just kind of a, a she's a daredevil. Yeah. She's yeah, an yeah. adventure. Like, uh, and she never addict. wants, she, for some reason, she, <laughs> I don't necessarily know why, but for some reason she doesn't want her parents to know that she is a daredevil. Yeah. I don't think she wants them to worry, but it's, I mean, I get it. I don't want my parents to worry. Like I, I haven't told my parents every time I've been in the hospital. <laughs> really? Well, I've been, you know me, I've been in the hospital a lot. <laughs> I, I called your parents every time. No, <laughs> no, I, I don't think I did. I should have. That would be weird. Do you so talk like, to my parents a lot without me? Like, hey, Shannon, it's me again. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. What introduce- about that Jerry Lewis guy, eh? <laughs> Remember? That was a fun night. Uh, introduce our last book club member. Our last book club member is Grig. Grig. <laughs> Grig, which is not a real name, but that's fine. Neither is Allegra. Grig is a sci-fi nerd, tech support, maybe really rich dude. Yeah. Who meets... Um, Maria Bello. I, I can't remember her name. Her Jocelyn. name is Maria Bello. Her name is Jocelyn. He he meets uh, Jocelyn at like, she's at a dog conference and he's at a conference in the same place. And he's into like sci-fi and is super nerdy. And can I say very funny? Yeah. He's really funny. Okay, good. Because. <laughs> what? Who's he played by? Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy. That's right. So Hugh Dancy as he plays Grig in this movie. Grig. <laughs> Stupid name. Is. <laughs> but that's kind of funny. Kelly, stop. Stop. Go ahead. You, you don't want to make fun of this name because the comparison I'm going to make is. One, if your name's Grig, great name. I know, but Kelly, this dude is you. This guy is oh, for sure. you painted with a thousand brush strokes. It's. I wear less under armor <laughs> than him. You met Sarah literally almost in the same context as he meets this book club where he shows up and he's in like his biking outfit. Well, I he's don't like, bike though. I know, but he was like, oh, I was at this other coffee shop and I was doing this thing, but I had to come up and meet you guys. And I was really into this book and I was reading these other books and I'm glad I get to hang out with you guys. <laughs> and you met Sarah, you were like on a run and you were wearing like like her spandex for some kind of run you're so going on. I have on. a lot of poor people running clothes. It was like, it's <laughs> yeah, it was some kind of like cosmic mixture yeah, yeah. of it, it. What it was was like some like really, really, really old long johns that were covered with my broken sports shorts. Yeah. yeah. And you and met, a sweatshirt. I was, I was getting my coffee with Sarah at the coffee shop late one night, just doing my thing, just hitting sure. on her and then you super up, hard and then you show up I was like fucking shit no go away <laughs> and you're like hey i'm kelly i like to do this 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 and i'm really interested in these things I'm like you can't help but be the most interesting man in the room get out of here <laughs> or the most bizarre can we say bizarre <laughs> well we're all friends now so it worked out <laughs> but greg is that's what happens with greg he meets yeah. maria bello and he's like hey sup 
And she's like, no, no, she, she pushes him away, but that's like, like, he's so cute. She's also checking him out the whole yeah, time. Yeah, she's, she's into it. What she's doing is she's fishing for a fish for her best friend who is Sylvia because yeah. Sylvia is basically just gone through a separation soon to be divorced. And she basically picks up Grieg and brings him to the Jane Austen book club where all of these people meet because at one point in time, like Bernadette meets Purdy, Purdy, at- which Prudy. Prudy? Prudy. I've been saying it wrong. We've all been saying it wrong. This movie stars a person named Prudy and Allegra. So Prudy, it's funny <laughs> that her name is, it's almost ironic that her name is Prudy. Huh. <laughs> but anyway, so they all show up at this Starbucks where I feel like this movie was getting most of its, um, most of its product placement from this scene where he's like, Starbucks, where you can buy a bunch of coffee from a bunch of different- I got this great mug. Yeah. It's only sixteen ninety nine on sale. He's like, I'm really jittery, but I've got more coffee. Where where is this movie set? Is it? It's somewhere in California. So it's Sacramento. But the whole time, I thought it was Southern California, which makes sense because it was filmed in Van Nuys, North Hollywood, yeah, San, Santa Monica. Um, like, well, this is a North California movie. It's like, okay, okay. Weirdo. No, it's not. Um, I'm but, trying to think. There wasn't cool coffee shops to go in Sacramento. I mean, no, this, is, so this is 2007. So this is like the rise of Starbucks. This is before there's a lot of independent coffee shops. Only in Portland. Only in Portland. Well, actually. They had Stumptown then. They, they had Stumptown, but a lot of their um, really independent coffee shops came after 2007, 2008 uh, financial yeah. crisis. Yeah. 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 Same with the breweries. So, yeah. So, have fun in your Starbucks. It's going to get really good soon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're both coffee snobs. <laughs> um, so, the, the six of them meet, um, and they're like, okay, each one of us are going to lead a discussion every, once a month on a particular Jane Austen novel. Yeah. And everyone's assigned a novel, and that's their thing. But so, they're which, all read it. which one of these have you read? Okay, so I've read... We have Northanger Abbey, Mansfield well, Park. And I've read the other ones. So I've, okay. I've not read Northanger Abbey or Mansfield Park, but I've read all the others. So I've only I've not read Mansfield Park or Persuasion. Oh, Persuasion. so you've read Northanger Abbey. Yes. Oh, oh, you have, have you? You yes. think you're better than me? You yeah. think you're better? Well, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't say it, but I would. No! Get out of here! He's such a better nephew. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway. Uh, I, that that's good because I think you can fill in some holes for me. I wish one of us had read Mansfield Park, but well, it's fine. No, Northanger Abbey is the one about the they do plays within plays there. That's Mansfield Park. Oh, but Mansfield Park, she reads a novel in the novel, right? Fanny Price. Yes. Yeah. What's Northanger Abbey about? Northanger Abbey is uh, she's a writer. That's that's more a novel within a novel. She's oh. she's a she's a young writer. Right. I read the description of that. I'm like, I don't want to read this. Well, okay. It's Jane Austen's first book, but it wasn't published until after all of the other ones. Uh-huh. Speaking of which, whenever Grieg is like, are all of these in alphabetical order? Because <laughs> he does that thing that I hate to do, which is buy a book with twelve other books in it. Yeah. Because it's just annoying to carry around. But I like that he does it. Well, See, that's how I'm not like Greg Grieg. Well, but he. Like he's he's diving in. Like when you get into something, you you you're happy to dive into it. I'm happy to dive in. You're yeah. kind of the com- I, I'm I too a, I'm am a, a chronologist and you're a completionist. No, I think both you and I really relate to Greg in this yeah, movie. I sure. think I feel like Greg, please. Greg, Greg, please. <laughs> like Greg is the our raison d'être of this podcast. Uh, yeah, kind of is. Where he's like, I'm a guy in a room full of women who likes these things but also sci-fi he is us yeah and he's like he has, he has his ringtone 
is a bunch of droids. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of R2D2 okay, okay, droids. He's got a bus. <laughs> and he's just like, I want to hear what all these ladies have to say on the matter. Mm-hmm. And that's that's us because all we do is talk. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we also enjoy other people's opinions. But and we, we want to hear them. Write to us at romcomgents at gmail.com. They were describing why they didn't want to invite men to the book club. Sure. And I was like, oh God, are we? do we do that when we talk to our wives about stuff? And we do. We, we do, do a little bit. You more than me, but that's fine. We both pin- pontificate. We, we, I pontificate more. I say, I well, you, I think, I think you domineer and I go on. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if anything, you know, we're, we're kind sinful. of those people. Yeah. So... We are so sorry. We're sorry for who we are. But also, this podcast wouldn't exist without us. But we feel really seen by a character like Greg, because I fell in love (laughs) with literature because of Jane Austen. Because I remember Mm -hmm. when I was assigned Pride and Prejudice in my English novel class, I'm like, I I was kind of like reading a lot of different novels. So I'm like, all right, bring on the chiclet. When did you read? When were you in English novel? What Uh, year? Not your year. Junior year. My junior year. Whoa, it took you a while. I didn't become an English major until my junior year. Oh, okay. See, I, I took English novel my sophomore year. I yeah, believe. I was like full on theology minor. Right. I was done with my minor. You were doing the time. philosophy too, right? Yeah. Didn't double minor. Ah. Gosh, that would have been so helpful in my career. Nope. You're like Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was assigned Pride and Prejudice, I had been reading like Joyce and Dickens and. Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne Thick. and like Thick. yeah but lots of different authors from different times and this was like the first time it was British authors of the 1800s right. so it was mm-hmm. focused yep. and so it's like okay bring on Jane Austen I hear she's cracking good but I thought she was good that in was the an way Irishism for a, an English author <laughs> I thought I my me going into it was thinking I'm trying to think of a good like correlation but it was like this book is not a difficult read because people still read it now. So it must not be that it must be an easy book to read and get through the way that, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a older book that's still popular today because of this, that same reason. Oof. What am I thinking of? Like, um, cause it's not little women. Cause little women is actually a kind of a difficult book. Like it's an easy read, but it's long. Like it's, well, it's a, a really long, long book. It's longer than a lot of Jane Austen books. Um, I would, I'm, I'm trying to think of a book that is both, Still, still considered canon is easy to read. Not, I mean, like I would maybe say like a Robinson Crusoe or something. I, I would say not all of Jane Austen is super like digestible, though. Yeah, Pride and Prejudice is probably the the most. Uh, Northanger Abbey is also very easy. Is it? Yeah, it, I mean, it's juvenile in a way, but it's still entertaining. Uh, well, I, I mean, Pride and Prejudice is the most enjoyable novel. Mm-hmm. And it's the easiest then probably one to do, like, Sense and Sensibility after that. Right. Um, I, I, I haven't read Persuasion or, or Main Emma Park, is so. really long. Emma's really long, but it's also very easy to read. Yeah. So. But that was my that was my experience. I was like, ah, it's going to be a whatever book. It's, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but I'm not going to love it. But the one I was reading was like, oh, my God. Not only is this, like, fun, and I'm really enjoying these mm-hmm. characters, and it's like a good tonic the it's way witty. that The Hobbit feels good when you're reading it. Which it's just, Tolkien got me into literature. Yeah. And so... But also on top of that, I'm like, this is just sharply worded. Like mm, this is mm-hmm. just expertly written. It, by and Pride and Prejudice was your first one. Yeah, it's concise. It's yeah. really concise. It's just, it's just a near perfect book. Which is funny that like they leave that one to the middle. Yeah, yeah. 
Which I, I guess if you, don't, if you don't, if you don't want your middle to slog, that's a good way to go. But they knew it's like, what more can we say on Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, I mean that one is the is kind of the quickest of their conversations. And Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet have been like talked to death anyway. So sure. let's just yeah. talk about these other characters. I like that they talk about the other books a little more. So maybe it's best if we just finish talking about the plot by talking about the books and what is going on with that, if that makes sense. So the first book that we talk about is Emma. Yes. Which is uh, represented by the storyline of Maria Bello, who is trying to match make Grig and Sylvia. Sylvia. I feel like which Grig is like New Zealand Grig. 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 Or maybe that's Irish. Grig. Irish. Yeah, it's probably Irish. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And um, like Emma, she's kind of like an, she's a little unsuccessful at her matchmaking. Right. Right. And so each each one of these books plots kind of follow the through line of the plot of this movie. Yeah. And basically Bernadette is just there. Uh, Kathy Baker is just there to kind of comment on it the whole time <laughs> to be a whatever the lady is in um, Bridgerton. Lady Whistleblower or whatever her name is. Have you seen Bridgerton? <laughs> That's just what the trailer is. That oh. Julie Andrews is just like, I'm going to throw some shade at things. I'm oh. spill all this tea everywhere. I, so I haven't. <laughs> uh, she, you know who would be really mad about that? Who? Uh, her character from Princess Diaries. Please do not spill tea. Do not spill tea. Yes, do not no! spill tea. Um, and then uh, the next book is... Oh, can we just get into what how sure. every story turns out sure, sure. so maria bello tries to set up greg with uh jocelyn but she ends up with greg in the end because greg is is really into her yeah and always and has been her. into her yeah and like there's this weird part of it where he gets confused and he's like i think she wants me to take out the mother of maggie grace in order to impress her daughters so that i could go out with her daughter but then i found out that she she's a lesbian, a lesbian so the- maybe not but he never really clarifies that with maria bella which i thought was also weird he's like uh what do you want me to do <laughs> i mean it's it's very much like an Austin book where there's not a lot of clarifications. There's just like hints right. and allegations. There's for Paul Simon. There's reasons. <laughs> there's reasons why there aren't clarification in Jane Austen stories. Is because you couldn't just call someone up and say, "When you said this, did you mean that?" It was right. like I have to write a long letter explaining why I thought this hand gesture meant this. And Am so they're I right? trying. They're trying to replicate it, but. Guys, it's it's 2007. It's it's really okay if you communicate. Just ask. Yeah, <laughs> there's um, a reason. So that's their storyline, right? Um, then, okay. Oh, Maggie Grace is Sense and Sensibility, right? That would make sense. Yes, because she's Marion. Yes, that's right. And she's super temperamental and uh-huh. super. Uh, I don't know, Kate Winslet about things. <laughs> right, right, right. She. She, I mean, she's not only temperamental, but she, she has a lot of feelings. Her mom says she falls in love fast. Um, and she's dating this, uh, writer at, at the first part of this movie who like helps her out when she breaks her wrist after skydiving, which I wasn't understanding. Like, did you just meet this passerby who's watching you fall on your ass? Or are you actually on a date? Cause you kind of call her, Hey you. So no, no, <laughs> they weren't on a date. She, she was, it was just like that circumstance where like you have a strong enough personality where you pull someone into your situation yeah and so she starts dating this person until she finds out that she's stealing all of her stories which was revealed in such a bad 
poorly shot way. It was really poorly handled. It was weird for sure because <laughs> she like walks in on her and her like writing partner or teacher and like um uh, like Corinne that's her name her, her the person she's dating and she's like hiding something in the flu of a it's a rejection a recycle letter. Bin? Can I say okay so basically <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> we need to talk about this. So basically, Corinne is right. Has um, st- like we we get these different stories from um, Maggie Grace from Maggie Grace and Maggie Grace. Uh, basically, the the things that we know that Corinne knows about her is that she's fallen when she's jumped out of an airplane and broken her wrist. She at one point in time got into this really complicated situation with a special needs kid who ex- exposed himself to her one time and. And had she, a really weird encounter with him. Yeah, and her dad. And like, but it was a really complicated story. And it was a story told to her completely unprompted. She's like, hey, I know you're in a bathtub right now, but I need to reveal some character because right, that's talking, what Sid Field says I need secrets, to do. But like, she reveals this really intense, like, like, um, very honest, very like opening up about herself story when it's like sexy time with candles. Yeah. It's but like, it's apropos of nothing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty weird. But, um, also like, but this, this, this movie in a nutshell is, wow, this is fascinating, but also poorly timed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, the other story, what other story does she steal? Uh, one other, but that was oh, the main, that her, that her parents are getting divorced. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so basically she walks in on this like writing meeting and Corinne has just gotten a rejection letter that she doesn't see and um, Corinne stuffs it in like this flu of a fireplace and then later that day Maggie like comes out and like pieces it back together and sees that it's a rejection letter. People... This rejection letter is ridiculous. This is not how rejection letters are written. I'm go- as as someone who's gotten hundreds of rejection letters, I'm going to say fuck you writer of this movie. It is so stupid. And and this writer has written things I like. So not fuck you all the way, but this doesn't make sense. It makes no sense and it's trying to make drama where it's like no, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't that. work like So basically this rejection letter is like this like snide person reading like um i didn't understand this about this story and the reason why we didn't take this story is because of this and the kicker is like why would a like lesbian who has her life together jump out of an airplane that makes no sense that makes no sense and it's like like <laughs> what like maybe this the only way i could piece it together is maybe the story was about her like killing herself or something like that but we don't have any context for that so it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah I was, I was, Robin and I were aghast so much that we had to rewind the movie and re-listen to this letter. <laughs> it's like, what? This movie is unhinged. The, the, the movie, the main problem with this movie is that it feels like it cut out like 40 minutes. It really does. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that with Maggie later when she like follows, uh, Prudy into the bathroom. He, yeah. What happened there? <laughs> Not, I mean, apparently there was a, there was a scene that was cut out there. Uh, but Regardless, uh, she breaks up with Corinne and then she um, ends up with her doctor later on. But very much like Marianne, she's like looking for romance. Oh, I just got that. Her doctor. doctor. Because Alan Rickman comes and what does he say to everybody? He's like, how can I help? What can I do? Uh, He's he's the one that like kind of. He nurses her back to health. Oh, the doctor. Except we didn't get any of that context. I know, right? No, we didn't. (laughs) 
but uh, so that's that's Maggie. She's basically Marianne. But in each of these, they like combat. Like her and Prudy for a while are like butting heads the whole movie. Yeah, because they're both being bitchy to each other. Well, yeah, but well, I like Prudy. Prudy is a snob, and um, Maggie. Maggie's being openly, what's the word? Uh, not combative, but openly like rejective. Just not nice to Prudy at well, all. Well, neither of them are being nice to each other. Yeah, but because it's, it's so pitched, just too it's much. It's too much because like Prudy is being like way too snobby. Yeah, and uh, Maggie is being like, like she says lines like. Oh, I guess I'm not going to do book club anymore. And she like leaves. And it's like, come on, you wouldn't say that in real life. Like you would maybe like walk to your mom and be like, I don't know about this girl over here. Yeah. Like it seemed very unrealistic. The, the director in this film really wanted to have a lot of like good chemistry scenes where we see the old crew of people like be really friendly with each other. And they have like these scenes where they're like laughing and like they seem to have like inside jokes with each other. But then there are scenes like this where they just make ridiculous, like overpitched things where it's really ham-fisted and heavy-handed. It's like, yeah. Um, but anyway, what's our next book? Our next book is Pride and Prejudice. Uh, so who was Pride and Prejudice? Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. She was too proud. Oh, I, I thought you hated Pride and Prejudice. Or was she too prejudiced? And Mr. Darcy is too proud. I, well, I can't remember. Uh, no, I, our next book was Northanger Abbey, and that was Grieg's book. Yeah, so explain that one for me, Copernicus. <laughs> um, I don't know. Grieg just had like some insights into the fact that like Northanger Abbey is a little bit meta. It's um, I like, like that he read the book that's in the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He reads the that which I've never read. Um, yeah. And it's like this dark book, and he kind of themes his his night at his house like all spooky, like the yeah. the book that is within this book. Yeah, I was studying this when I read the book about Regency stuff, and this is what people during Jane Austen's heyday read. They just read Gothic literature, right? And mm-hmm. it was just like the middle class art. That's all they did. Yeah, just read stuff. They're like, like that. our lives are a little boring. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and that's like, I mean, that's just a book about like, I mean, like a lot of Jane Austen is, is like miscommunication and like one person being like, Oh no, I wasn't really in love with this person. He just had a strong personality and took me on a ride. And the other two people were like, I thought you were in in love with my brother, but I guess you're not. So I guess we're going to judge you. (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, Northanger Abbey is entertaining if you like Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I should check it out. Uh, then you have, what's her name? Jimmy Smith's wife, Sylvia. <laughs> Sylvia, uh, she's persuasion because persuasion is about second chances, mm-hmm. and you know. Well, and that's the last book we haven't talked about. Pride and Prejudice yet, which is um, Prudy, right? I or thought, is that Bernadette? I thought Prudy was. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fanny Price. Yeah, was, yeah, that's true. Uh, Bernadette is Pride and Prejudice. Is that true? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, regardless, they don't really spend much time on that one. No. Um, but well, persuasion is about second chances, and Jimmy yeah. Smith. Basically, they they've divorced this whole time. Yeah, um, like they they got divorced, and he, but he keeps like poking around and like trying to do yard work at the house and like trying to see what she's doing and what she's up to, and it's like obvious that his other relationship isn't going well. Right. But we're supposed to be surprised when he does tell her. And then like it all kind of comes to a head in their their deal when um their daughter Maggie gets 
hurt again. Yeah, they they talk and oh yeah, she fuck the scene with her climbing. Um, she's like at a climbing wall and like she's <laughs> so like stupid. Well, she's trying to help this kid, which is like legit and cool. But like her belayer partner is just like I'll drop the rope. <laughs> her belayer like vanished as if it was left behind, and the rapture happened exactly and he, like, disappeared. <laughs> and he's there, and he's like trying to help out the other guy for no reason, and she like falls and he's not there and then she gets a concussion and then the doctor is like you know what i'm just gonna keep her here for a couple of gay- days just to like kind of <laughs> keep her here for a couple of gays yeah that's whoops. my favorite freudian slip <laughs> just a couple of gays which would be me my name is dr yep <laughs> <laughs> dr yes please um but yeah so like she just stays at the hospital for a couple of days i, I just i'm sorry you're at a ropes course it's a climbing wall the person has one job right. to not drop you. Right. And not only that, but like the, you, I, I have gotten, you know, me, I've yeah. had six concussions. I had to go into protocol for a very long time. Yeah. It sucked. You don't get kept at the hospital unless you like really crack your skull open something really bad. Like I've had my head stapled together multiple times. I've had it stitched together. They don't say, oh, we're going to keep you here for a couple of days just <laughs> to keep an eye on you. Unless like you have but tons of money and they're like a super rich hospital or something. I don't know. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. So Jimmy Smith's is like, oh man, it's good to be back with my family again. And, yeah, not be and he a puts dick. his hand on hers and she does that thing where she takes it away. And it's like, uh, yeah, okay. So Bernadette talks to Jimmy Smith's cause he kind of invites himself to the final book club, which is persuasion. Right. Right. And Bernadette's like, you know, he, he was like getting into persuasion and, yeah. They actually did a really good job in this scene. It's so weird. There's so many good instincts in this movie and half There's the so time many it works yeah. and half the time it totally fails. But this scene is really good where Jimmy Smith is like geeking out about persuasion uh-huh. and she and him, she being Bernadette, the older it's, lady. It's obvious that they have like a past, like a like a friend history. Yeah, and they can really talk out this the storyline right. and they like really get into like, both yeah, good actors. I love being an English major. I loved these conversations. Yeah. But she tells him, she's like Never underestimate the power of a written letter. Mm-hmm. And later on, he writes a letter and that like fixes things. Right. And so in Persuasion, the letter that uh, Kieran Hines writes, Captain Wentworth. Captain Wentworth? I think it's Captain Wentworth. Don't at me, guys. I only read it once. <laughs> uh, there's a part in the movie where, oh my God. The, the, the plot of Persuasion is you have a young woman who fell in love with an older man who was in the Navy. And her family convinced her to break off this engagement with him and end it because it wasn't a good match. And they were like, don't marry this guy. And it's something she she regretted for years and years and years. And because it's a Jane Austen plot, chance brings them back together. Mm. And she like is so like smitten with him again. And she is wanting to have a second chance with him. And they have this kind of like very polite re connection but there's a part in Persuasion, I'm going to ruin it a little bit, where he writes her a letter. This is the one they talk about. And the letter is him being like, I'm willing to give it another shot if you are. But in the movie, when he like leaves the letter and passes it to her, I got a boner from it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it, well, I he mean, like looks at her with these like dark eyes and you're like, oh. So it's funny because in when, I think it's during this point in time when they're reading this book, um, 
Prudy does the same thing to yeah Trey or Troy, whatever the high school kid is. Trey. Yeah. So the my my one issue with the mirroring of mm-hmm. this is that it was Jimmy Smiths who broke up with her. And so right. it would have been more correct. So it's kind of an inversion where he broke up with her and he had to write the letter taking her back, but it doesn't feel as interesting. Well, it no, feels I, mean, more I, dynamic I feel like it has persuasion. to be that way, though, because if if Jimmy Smith is the one who broke it off, I mean, I, I get that they flipped it. But like yeah. in this respect, like Jimmy Smith has to be the one that takes like the not the first step, maybe, but the most apologetic. Step. Right. He has to eat crow. And yeah. in persuasion, there's no crow eating like she's she's super apologetic, but he's the one being big enough to be like, you broke my heart once, but I'm willing to try again. Right, right, right. So that just leaves Prudy. Well, <laughs> so to be honest, I thought this was the, like, this was a very real moment in the movie where she, she like is pretending to go to the beach to like meet on this last persuasion thing, but she's using that opportunity to cheat on him. Yeah, with, her husband. With this guy who's no longer a high school student, but they're going to yeah, meet, so meet up before he leaves. It barely, barely makes it okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a couple of months after he's graduated, and he's going to leave on this big road trip, and she's going to meet him um, at this like, sleazy motel. And I really love that she like drives down the street, changes in the middle of the road, and there's like this little girl on rollerblades like, like looking at her disdainfully. <laughs> but... Um, when she when she is about to go with this like over across the street, she sees like what would Jane Austen do instead uh-huh. of walk, and I I like this like thing where like we finally get to be inside of her head. Yeah, and also a lot of stuff has happened to her in between now and then where like her like her she's mom she's died. dealing with a lot. Like her mom came and like we kind of get that her childhood was like probably pretty messed up Yeah, where her like mom got super high at her house and like took her car and like burned her carpet and like almost burned down the house. Right. And then she, her mom dies by like, you know, turning left and she's fighting with her boyfriend all the time. Husband. Husband. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And she sees this, uh, what would Jane Austen do um, in the crosswalk and decides to go back to her husband and like become vulnerable with him. She's like, she's, she, she's at a turning point where either she does what is most destructive for her relationship or does what is most constructive. And she chooses to be constructive by saying like, please read this book with me. And he's very like adamant against it. Like, because he's like, what are you like? Are you testing me? And she's like, no, no, please just read with me. And then they end up reading all night and reconnecting over this thing that you would have thought neither of them would have connected over. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to take a break in a minute, but Mm -hmm. I just need to get this out of my system before I forget all the thoughts that I had on this plot. Uh, I could not stand her arc, her plot, her character. I love Emily Blunt. She's not a bad, she's not doing bad acting in this movie, but I couldn't stand her character and her thing with Troy. Troy? Troy? Because the movie is kind of saying, oh, there's always the wrong guy, the bad boy for you. And I'm like, not wrong like that. Like, I understand all the wrong men in every Jane Austen story where it's like, it turns out this guy was a cad. It turns out this guy was a cad. It turns out this guy was a cad. And then you, the heroine has to like circumvent those cads and find the right guy. I, I, I think this movie's not doing that, though. I think this movie is saying that she's the cad and she needs to realize it within herself. Is she the cad in a Jane Austen way? Well, she, yeah, I mean, 
so think of like Willoughby, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I never thought of her being Willoughby, but she's being Willoughby. Well, yeah. And I think, I think this movie, I don't think this movie is like lionizing her decisions. I think it's saying like, she is in a really bad place in her life and she's about to make a really bad decision, but yeah. she chooses the right Does one. Does the movie know that she's Willoughby? Yeah, it, very much so. Because like when at one point in time, she's like, well, maybe um, Marianne should choose Willoughby. Like, because that's like the more fun choice. Like, why wouldn't she choose Willoughby? Why would she be with Brandon? I thought the movie was saying Willoughby was this high school kid. He's Willoughby because he's wrong for her. He's a bad boy because he's a bad choice. I think I think it was kind of conflating the two, but in a way that I... I liked her arc. I, I didn't, I think they could have done her story a little bit more gracefully, but I really liked her arc in going after this thing that she is, she's being purposefully destructive Yeah, because she is kind of a character that hates her life and herself. Yeah. And then she course corrects only because of this book club. Right. So the first time I watched Sense and Sensibility, Marianne was so grating on me. I was like, oh, I don't understand any of the choices that you're doing, Marianne. Why mm-hmm. are you doing these things? Why mm-hmm. would you like, okay, I guess Willoughby's hot, but like, uh, this you're being so flighty. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Then I lived some life, got some life experience, sure. watched it again, read it again. Yep. I was like, I totally get this. Right. Because I totally understand. This. Because she's like basically this kid that she is searching for as well, that maybe a little Willoughby-ish is um, he's into plays and literature and he's always hanging out in the library and he's romantic and making out with this girl. And she's just like, I wish that was me. And she does, she makes this comment to her husband at one point in time where he's like, high school's over because she was like describing about this time. She was really hurt in high school because of basically how smart she was. Right. And um, she's like, it's always high school. High school is never over. Yeah, and which is a weird psychological place to be in. It is. It is a really hard psychological place to be in. And the fact that she like teaches in a high school is making her character even more complicated. Yeah, which yeah. is fine, but just felt so out of place in this movie. It felt way too complicated and not very I, Jane Austen. I think that this this movie had a lot of movies within it. We've yeah. talked about this in a couple other films where there's like, maybe a couple of these could have been their own film. Yeah. But- I, I didn't hate her story like you did. Well, I I would have gone to that movie, that Emily Blunt movie, but I think tonally it would be a completely different story. The, sure. The tones just I I uh yeah. I mean I, I, I rest on the other side of it where like I didn't love all of it, but I, I really uh I really liked where it went where like they were like, We are at a point where maybe we have stopped being open with each other and let's connect somehow. Yeah. I, and, I love and they the found ending. a place to I love connect. the ending. Yeah. I love trending, but I have to say, we'll take a break in a second, but Sarah was coming downstairs. was in the middle of the movie. I was on my head. Oh headphones. my gosh. What, what is this segment called? I don't know. Sarah, Sarah's apropos of nothing, sure. <laughs> but she came down and she wanted to get all snuggly. And it was the moment when she's in the, when Emily Blunt's in the car with this high school student. Sure. And I'm like, do not touch me. I'm feeling really creeped out by this movie. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. Okay. And then we come back for Chop Talk. Okay. And welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like handmade soap talk, but with less farmers markets. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What trope are we talking about this week, Ryan? Um, we're talking about adaptation. 
The Kaufman film? I wish. <laughs> We're talking about the art of adaptation ah. and how to do it differently and not so differently and well and not so well. Okay. So I'd make you the argument. I'd make it the argument. You're that, making the argument. Yeah, that, tell me your argument, man. This movie is loosely an adaptation of six Jane Austen stories. Sure. Where we have a, a bunch of vignettes going on based on our ensemble. Ensemble. And in each of those vignettes, we have one of Austen's stories, or at least uh, maybe themes or aspects. Yeah. There's versioning of these stories. It's a burgeoning virgin. A burgeoning virgin of a Persian. I don't think there's any virgins in this. Uh, No, true is not a virgin. I wouldn't say. True. (laughs) True. So this movie felt like, I was was watching this last night, I was trying to remember, we talked about another movie where it was... It was kind of stealing from someone else's, from some some famous author, and it was just like doing a version of that, but just wasn't as good. Like, do we have another Austin homage in our in our midst? Well, we have direct translations of Austin, like you know, Ten Things I Hate About You, but that is a, a, a like a strident. I would call that an adaptation, hardened yeah. and fast. Um, was it was it a PS, PS I still love you storyline where I where I found this out figure this out I haven't we haven't watched PS I still love you uh, or no Why, PS I love you uh, I mean. to all the boys love before PS I still love you okay person. well in that <laughs> in in that film there's a lot of reference because there's a lot of like sixteen candle reference she's reading Jane Austen during that point in time and there's like let's pr- like but that's like they're more doing a Shakespeare thing where they're pretending to be one thing in order to accomplish a goal yeah so whatever it is I can't think of it but oh the other Jane Austen adaptation in this is Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, yes. That's very true. That's a Pride and Prejudice adaptation. Mark Darcy. (laughs) I'm very eccentric. (laughs) (laughs) What was your point, though? Well, my point is, I feel like I had some quibbles with Bridget Jones, where it's like, you're doing the Pride and Prejudice thing, and you wouldn't have Bridget Jones unless Pride and Prejudice came first. Sure. Um, and this is a little bit more creative take on that. Like mm-hmm. Bridget Jones is kind of like a 10 things I hate about you situation where it's like a right. modernization, but the, the Austin slash Shakespeare adaptation aspects are not as clever in Bridget Jones. Yeah. Whereas like feel what you will about the movie, the direct adaptation is less useful with Austin or less universal than it is with Shakespeare. Yeah. Cause 10 things I hate about you fixes taming of the shrew. Right. Whereas I feel like Bridget Jones, um, dilutes. It's just kind of plays. Prejudice. It plays in the hay of what pride and prejudice is, which yeah, is it, it's fine. fine. And I like the movie. A yeah. Lot, it's a, but. it's a fun movie, but it, it is, it is dinged for originality. Sure. And this movie, I, I do like the concept of this a lot, where um, it's a bunch of people dealing with their own relational issues reading Jane Austen. But I feel like they didn't go as hard and fast into what that means. 
mm-hmm. for each of these characters because there was so much going on with all of these characters. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what's hard about like I would never try to adapt six movies <laughs> yeah, at the same time. It's all order. I mean, Canterbury Tales, that would be a good challenge. No, but again, each one of those would be a vignette, right? That, yeah. That's like those Friday night fright movies that like do like 18 scary stories right. within one Halloween film. Right. Right. The A to Z of horror. And unfortunately, this one is much is set up much more like a Valentine's Day or a um, Love Actually, where it's like yeah. all of these different stories are going on at the same time. But what I liked more about this format, like take strip the the adaptation out of it. And this movie exists in a really fun zone. Like the, the format Mm -hmm. of it's very interesting where it's like all these people are grouped together because of X, but they all have their individual lives going on. Yeah. That's kind of like a, um, waking Ned divine where everybody in this town has their own thing, but they're all dealing with one yeah event yeah so it's way more balanced than valentine's day which has way too many characters and we can't keep up with any of them but it still doesn't quite take off the way that a love actually does where we get all of the characters Mm -hmm. and we like understand where all of them are coming from because i feel like every character in this movie is shortchanged so do you think it's because of the adaptation was would you have gone further into the adaptation where each one of these stories they didn't really talk about it and wasn't weren't so meta about it. Well, here's the conundrum I had. This is why I figured out halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, so each character is just going to kind of recreate the storyline. So I know where very this is thin, all. Very thinly. Yeah. Though. But like in broad strokes, I know what's going to happen. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, well, Maria Bello is Emma. So she's going to end up with Greg. Sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's just kind of like written on the wall, like a million miles away. I'm like, I can see, I can see them. They're together. And Jimmy Smith and Sylvia uh, are going to get back together, which I think might've been my most disappointing storyline because I do like them getting back together. And I really like Jimmy Smith's good morning. But the thing was, it was thinned out because of all the other stories. And so I don't think he earned his way back. Right. And so when they're like macking together and Maggie finds them, it's like, cool. Okay. I'm, I'm happy this happened, but I don't feel it. Yeah. I read Roger Ebert's review. He had a really good time with this movie. I was shocked. I thought he was going to hate it, <laughs> but his point was, okay, this movie goes into directions that you see coming a mile, million miles away. Well, he doesn't put in such terms. He's like, you know where things are going mm-hmm. In a Jane Austen story, you also know where things are going in this sense of, you know, all's well will end well. It's it's not sure. going to have a complicated ending. It's going to get taken care of. And, it's going to get resolved. And honestly, every person that you want to be together with somebody else in a Jane Austen story gets together with that person. Yeah. But the fun isn't how. No. the the Yeah. The fun isn't how. And in this movie, the fun is more the characters mm-hmm. because I like all of these characters a lot. I think they're all unique characters that have funny moments. Yeah. And it's not situational in the same way that Jane Austen is. Yeah. Where it's not like, okay, all these people are placed in these situations that are difficult. How are they going to get from A to Z? It's more like, ah, I'm being charmed by this character because of how they reacted to this. They'll be with that character, but at least I'm being entertained now. Yeah. I think... For me, this movie doesn't take off. There's a lot of good moments, but a lot more bad moments. A lot more? 
enough- is it is it equal and that's what feels like it there's there's more bad moments is because it feels so right the movie feels regrettable i feel like it could have been a much better film but there's a lot of oh you're sounding like me now yeah and for me like emily blunt her storyline I, I couldn't get into um sorry <laughs> um but all there's a lot of other beats and and scenes where it's like like I see what you're trying to get the scene to do, but it's not taking off. Like that's like when uh, Maggie Grace chases Emily Blunt into the bathroom and nothing happens. Like, right. why do we have this? Why, why is this here? Because like, there's a scene where I really like this scene at the dinner table where like, I think this is the pride and prejudice moment, right? Yeah. Where they all show up at this library benefit dinner and uh, Emily Blunt is getting super drunk because like a her she's been fighting with her husband. Uh, Her mom has died two weeks ago and she's just having like a hard time and she runs off after like really, really laying it all on the line. Yeah. And Maggie, um, Sylvia's daughter, runs after her. So, I mean, so does her husband. But like Maggie's like, don't worry, I got this. And she goes into the the women's room with her. And just like we we cut to Prudy and Bernadette like an hour later driving in the car. And it's like, well, what happened in the meantime? Yeah, because that could have been your scene for like reconciliation between these characters. Who've exactly. Been really bitchy towards there, each there other. Was, there was like a lack of resolution or they just got to resolution without the work. Yeah, and I think I feel like Jane Austen always does. Jane Austen always puts in the work to get two characters resolved. Yeah, like think of a Darcy and Elizabeth. That is the the peak of two characters being attracted to each other, hating each other, and then coming back to each other. Absolutely, and it takes work. Yeah, I think this movie's problem is that it it has it doesn't have too many characters, but it tries to make them too complicated, and it's like you do not have the time to like get into all of the complicated details on no. these characters. And really you should just be focused on like some broad strokes that describes where they're coming from. Cause I'm thinking about love. Actually, the reason why it works is because Colin for his character, not a complicated dude. No, his wife left him for his brother. He sad. He writer. He go. He fall in love with person who worked for him. She leaves. He <laughs> chases after her after learning. That's stuff. it. Yeah. There's nothing else to it, but it's trying to make all these other characters in this movie really densely detailed then I, I i i think that's a noble pursuit i think that is interesting mm-hmm. and this is probably why uh, a situation where the book that this movie is based on would be better because it could right, get into you it can really get into the characters but like we got these weird like half refracted visions of trudy sure of Pr- prudy. prudy where it's like she has this freak out at her husband because he's having a conversation with this woman at her mom's funeral. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you were flirting with her. And me as the viewer was like, no, he wasn't I, like, what are you talking about? And, and me as, as a viewer, I was like, maybe this is a big problem in their relationship, but like, I need you to commit to it in this scene where like he admits to it or like he really pushes back and the scene ended up falling flat and because they didn't get all the way to one place. The real, the, the thing it just comes down to every scene doesn't work because well, not sorry. The scenes that don't work, don't work because it's committing a simple sin where it's telling us and not showing us. Sure. And this is not the fault of any of the actors because like Emily Blunt in that scene, even, um, Mr. Blucas. Yeah. They're incredible. Actually incredible. Like I, that fight, I was like, you guys are putting in 110% right here. I yeah. like it. But the screenplay did such a bad job because it's characters describing their problem and that should have been shown to us. 
so I'm going to stop beating it with a stick yeah. because I found a lot of this movie charming. I just can't recommend it because of the things that I found cringy. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm going to say I can definitely recommend it because I had a good time, though I don't think it's a well-made film. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. as a whole, totally. like as a whole vision. Yeah. Like, and it, the director of this film is mainly a writer and she's written a lot of good stuff. Yeah. But as a whole, I think that actors well-directed vision fell short. The things that I really loved was everything about Greg. I thought that Greg was, Greg was so amazing. And I don't want to just be the guy who's like, <laughs> I liked this guy in this group, but, <laughs> but this is why, this is why we, us as writers do need to be mindful of when we're writing characters of like, do we get, do we have a good stroke of like representation to people coming to this movie, have something to relate to. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we would have loved this movie if our problems are fixed, but we don't need Greg to enjoy this movie. Definitely not. No, no, no. But we get to. Yeah. And, and Greg is, Greg is both silly, earnest and honest enough to be a great character. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they nailed that. They nailed that part. I also really loved Maria Bello. Me too. I think she was my, my second, if not first favorite character. She is super lovely. And all of the things that she does make sense. She does the thing that my favorite actors do where she doesn't break eye contact Mm -hmm. in a way where it's like, you're not blinking a lot. You're like, you're saying multiple things with a look Yeah, and I'm just, I'm here for it. But um, I, hidden in this movie, I'm sure, somewhere, even though you didn't really love it, there must be a rom-com Oscar! Ooh. Wild. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Many witty comments. <laughs> oh, it's so hard when it's a mediocre movie. <laughs> That's what he said? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard when it's mediocre. But me or the sex? Well, not bad. <laughs> hmm. How about how about I go first? Yeah, you go. I'm going to give it best fish out of water. Oh, with Greg. With Greg. Yeah. Because there's there's something to as as a our English department. I don't know about your years, but our English department was like, I think it was like. 85% women. Oh yeah. And, um, being that, that guy, English major, um, was, you know, it was, it was, um, refreshing to be, to be the person in the room who knew less or was necessarily expected to know less. Um, it was intimidating for sure, but it was something that like, um, a lot of a lot of entertainment was had in our classes because of how few men were in there. Yeah. Um, and Greg is, I think, the most entertaining character in this movie because he is such a loner. Mm-hmm. Um, and being an empathetic, kind, interesting, weirdo loner mm-hmm. uh, just raised his um, raised his stock for me. And so I, yeah. I like Greg a lot. In best Best fish out of water. Um, mine is kind of esoteric, but I'm calling it like you sees it. Best name drops because I was really. <laughs> what look am I giving you? The really? Are you sure? Because <laughs> Greg's thing, it's a weird thing for him to like. This is his hill that he was dying on. He was like, "Hey, Maria Bello, have you read?" <laughs> and he says, <laughs> "Ursula Kayla." Yeah, Gwyn. he says Ursula. Ursula. <laughs> It's like it's Ursula, weirdo. 
Maybe it is Ursula, and we're all saying it wrong. Perhaps. He's saying it right. But he's like adamant, like, hey, I am reading all of the Jane Austen novels. The least you can do is read one Ursula K. Le Guin novel. And, and I like that they really go, can I say, all of these characters have depth. That's one of my favorite things about this film mm-hmm. is like, we get a huge story on Grieg about like why he likes sci-fi novels mm-hmm. so much. And it has to do with like his dad and growing up with a bunch of women, but how he knows like all of these sci-fi novelists that are, that like had to pretend to be men right. in order to that fit in. really fascinating. And, and it kind of like mirrored him being like, oh, you know, I'm like this guy in this Jane Austen club and like in a small way. Yeah. But it was really fascinating. And then he like is like, hey, since you're sharing Jane Austen with me, I'll share a female author in what my favorite genre is with you and and he's like i want to connect to you yeah it's a really this. good connection yeah and ursula he like name dropped ursula Gwyn. i'm like yeah oregon writer yeah and woo! and he name drops the one book by her i've read i'm like i've read the left, left hand, hand of, of darkness, darkness. yeah <laughs> I, I felt so proud of myself so i'm um i have the earth sea um books right now on my shelf waiting mm-hmm. to be read but i am reading the one that your sister-in-law good friend of the pod lauren who's been on the pod gave to robin about um story writing oh nice yeah it's it's her like nonfiction. yeah like these this is how you write prose very book. cool yeah yeah so i really liked i i like that whole scene where he's like and then i started reading this author and then reading this author mm-hmm. and she's like you've been surrounded by women your whole this whole time and he's like right <laughs> and ding 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 it, I thought that was pretty, pretty brilliant. And what I like about this movie is that its intent is to say this thing about what's great about books and what's great about books like Jane Austen wrote is that we can come to them 200 years later and connect as humans over them and find new things about these books, but also new things about us and books can connect us and Mm -hmm. books can create community and stories can create like love and trust and vulnerability with each other. And I feel like this movie kind of got that, kind of earned that idea. My, my but one didn't hope, totally get it. Yeah, my one hope for this movie though is that it did push more people to read Jane Austen. Yeah, because she deserves to be read. I mean, just like other great films that have done this are like Lord of the Rings. Like. Mm-hmm. There was already an extremely strong Tolkien contingent, but it was fading off, especially in sales towards like the late 90s. And with the reinvigoration of a well-told story, everybody started reading them again. Yeah. And even though this isn't the greatest told story and it's not a direct adaptation, I I still feel like this probably brought – Austin, it gave her new life into into schools and and people's lives. I I would just say – you're better off watching Sense and Sensibility. Oh, for sure. And I don't prejudice. Don't watch and, this for adaptation. <laughs> but I will say that in spite of not totally loving this movie, there were people I loved. Yes. Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. Who were, who were they? <laughs> and they were... Yeah, my, well, my question is, who would you love? <laughs> 
Um, so it was it was between Maria Bello and Greg Greek mm-hmm. for sure. Like actually, I like Sylvia a lot. I'm disappointed with her choice to bring back um, Jimmy Schmidt so quick. Yep. But I'm gonna say well, okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I I want to say Greg, but he. Um, his whole thing is like when when everybody shows up to his house, he like attacks them with a bunch of Halloween gear. Yes, which I'm is, not saying you ever attacked me with Halloween gear, but I've never done such a thing. If you were to ever spring something on people as a surprise because uh-huh. it's fun and it's thoughtful, you would do some similar antics. Sure, not not as in your face. No, I, I think in in spirit, I like Sylvia. In sexuality, I like Maria Bello. And in fun and personality, I like Grieg. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to have to go with Grieg. Okay. Okay. I'm going with Maria Bello. Okay. Because she foin. Oh my gosh. She's foin. <laughs> oh. And can I say something about this film that I appreciated? Mm-hmm. It's cast of characters seem like a lot of real humans. Yeah. Like Maggie is a super beautiful human. And so like, she's got that going for her, but the, the diversity of like faces and looks in this movie, like it wasn't super diverse, like let's say, um, racially, but sure. But for what it was, it was a lot of like, there were arm fat on people in this movie. Yeah. And I liked seeing that. I liked seeing people with like imperfect faces and non-symmetry. It it felt like a lot of humans. Cause I can see myself falling in love with Maria Bello. Cause like that feels, sounds stupid if I say attainable, but it's, she just seems like a real woman that exists in the world that I live in. Sure. When I watch a movie like Valentine's day, it's like, no, I don't see myself having any kind of success with Jessica Alba sure. or Jessica Biel. It's never going to happen. And, or Taylor Lautner. <laughs> and or Taylor Swift. <laughs> what's great about Notting Hill is like, well, I can definitely relate to being Flopsy like <laughs> Hugh Grant. And, Hello, Flopsy. <laughs> and the movie makes the big case. It's like, well, ordinarily, you would never have a chance with Julia sure. Roberts. But what if you did? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good choice. I like, I like your choice. Um, mm. I think you told me that we had a letter this yeah. week. Letters. Yeah. Hey, Flo. Huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you got mail. You sent me a letter. You've got mail. Hey, Frog. Hey, shout out to Rachel Foskett for mining that. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Rachel. That That was was really That really made my day. Because I do that. Do do you ever do that with uh, podcasts you listen to where, like, their drops or interstitials are just something. Yeah, you... I'll like drum along to like commercial breaks. Yeah, like me... I'll know like boom. Me too. Like the uh, the greatest gen guys. I like know all of theirs by heart. Okay, I got on the Instagram a message from Predict Flicks. You should follow them on Instagram. They are RDM. Predict Flicks. They predict flicks. No, they do <laughs> uh, uh, movie recommendations and reviews and stuff, and they're they're really cool. Uh, I got a message from them, and they said. Continuing to binge y'all's episodes and had an epiphany. Really hoping you've included Grand Budapest Hotel and Moonrise Kingdom in the list. I would argue they count. Haha. <laughs> also, just to put this out there, I think you should patiently wait for the holiday season and Die Hard could feasibly work. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Now, I like, again, I like the spirit of this message a lot because... Um, we on rom-com gents are known for being a little dirty around the edges. We don't uh, necessarily kick something off for not being a standard rom-com. Uh-huh. 
Um, the two Anderson movies that they brought up were uh, Grand Budapest Moonrise. Now we could do Moonrise. That is about a childhood romance, and yes. that's the point of the movie. If I'm going, if I'm going to say yes to either of those, it's probably going to be that one because there is a romance in Grand Budapest, but it's it's one of like many stories. Yeah. I it's don't not think the it central counts. story. I, I, it's my favorite Wes Anderson. I want to, but right. I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can justify. Mine it. would be okay. Would you would you qualify mine? What's yours? Royal Tenenbaums. Same thing. Yeah, I mean, because there there's like a triangle in that movie. Well, like, there's two because Royal and um, Donald Glover, whose name or Dan- Danny Glover, whose name I forgot, and. Um, Angela Houston. Uh, yeah, who's also named the character's but name. But then I've you forgotten. have Gwyneth Paltrow, Owen Wilson. There's Luke two Wilson. love triangles in that film. Yeah, and like the point of Royal Tenenbaums is Royal's trying but to get his. It's more about family. Yeah, than he's trying to get his family back, and that's just part of it. Yeah, yeah. It's part, part of, of it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> um, and then Die Hard. Okay, here. I'll make a deal with Predict Flicks. You want us to do Die Hard? You come on to our Patreon. Ooh. Be be on our Patreon for like however long you want to be, and tell us to and do tell it. us to do it, and, and we, we will, will do it. We will do it. But a rom com it is not a Christmas movie. I will say it is and a rom com. It is not. We will do it if you if you request it as patron, mm-hmm. because you being our patron, we must respect we have thine to do wishes. What you say that's the thing uh, to a limit. <laughs> This is a good transition. On our Patreon, if you ask us to do it, we will do it. We will Ron Burgundy style, and if it's on the teleprompter, we will read it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch Solo or something. No. No. But but within good within, reason. Within good, good reason. You you have a lot of leverage You don't want to hear our take on Solo, so. <laughs> um, that, that was our take, basically. So, yeah, transition-wise, uh, while you were gone on your baby moon. Um, baby moon the train man came by we had some beers we played some n64 um this is the nicest interaction we've had with the train man this i think his problem time. is basically with you what yeah what yeah what have i ever done with the what have i ever done to the train i think man? It's, he doesn't like your aunt he doesn't like your aunt being around all the time Mood me get out of here Mood. so he just he was like here you should probably take a look at this and it was your essay on our patreon this this week it's our weekly essay and your essay is on top five video game couples couples. Mm -hmm. yeah couples like all romantic couples for the most part yes the the other i think the the number one couple is like it could be argued is not romantic i'm not going to tell any of them other than the ones that you said was the Mass Effect one, which I thought mm. was great. And I had an, uh, an apostrophe, uh, Shmi style, mm-hmm. the other day, where what's great about Mass Effect and all Bioware RPGs, mm-hmm. because those those games have multiple real, like romance options for uh, your yeah, main mul- character. Multiple endings as well in yeah. their, their storylines. And it, the game kind of is like puts it to you. It's like, I don't know, like you will have a romantic subplot with whoever you interact with like in this way. Sure. Kind of like life. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about the everything about how you encounter someone and it's like, well, I'm married now. And it's like, oh, you and I would have gotten along, but uh-huh. we, we're not going to because I'm married. Sure. <laughs> but I, I think about this kind of cosmology of like, if I went down a different path and didn't marry that person, 
but I might have still ran into this person. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's, I don't believe in the one, but I do believe that you can make it work with lots of different people. And I just think sure. about- It's it, the it, multi, like, like what what do I look like in different multiverses? Yeah. And I just, I see these people I'm like, oh, I, if I, if, if I were with you, my lifestyle would be pretty different, but I can see that version of me sure. existing. Uh-huh. And that's what I like about these RPGs. It's like, what kind of version do I want to be today? And it allows you to like, um, in a very escapist way, like probe that part of yourself. Yeah. Although there is the ism that you can never play a an RPG two different ways. You're always going to play it the way that you initially played it. Yeah, I was thinking of like, if I wrote a sci-fi story, like a, a character who could do that, where he's like, he can just kind of jump into different multiverses and see see what that life would have been like. Mm-hmm. And, and like this godly character would be like, now you must choose. Like I let you see all these different relationships you could have had. And even mm. exploring through all of them, you still pick the first one that you were with. Sure. I mean, that's kind of like an about time crossed with an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sequel. Mixed with the one. Yes. But less Kung Fu. Maybe Kung Fu? Yes. yes. Jet Li. <laughs> Jet Li chooses who he's going to be in love with. <laughs> Jet Li chooses. The one. <laughs> there it writes itself. <laughs> so uh, you had a great essay. We have weekly essays on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. We have polls. Where, where are we at on our poll right now? In our July poll, we have beginners in the lead over Shakespeare in Love hey, at the moment. And so I think we have one more week uh, before yep. we, we choose our, our movie. And so if you would like either Beginners, The Other Woman, High Fidelity, or Shakespeare in Love to win our July movie poll, get on it. You can choose one of our episodes this month that goes on our actual feed. That means you predict flicks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, predict this flick. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so, so get on there. We got in the Heights as our, our monthly uh, bonus episode this month. Um, I think we might be doing Hamilton this month. Yeah. We talked about doing yeah, that. Yeah. We'll the next one will be Hamilton. We and. do, do a bonus episode every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said, if you join the Patreon and message us, we will do whatever you ask within reason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think, I think that's about it. That's uh, patreon.com backs or slash. Stop at the backs. Slash rom-com. There you go. Just go all in. Come visit us. Um, and I think. Oh, one more announcement. Oh, go ahead. In two weeks, we're going to be doing book club. Yes. With John Green. It's not him. He's going to come. He's going to come on the show in spirit. But we're going to have our own little book club and we're going to do The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. So read that. Um, catch up. If you, if you haven't read it, start now. Um, that'll probably come out in like two weeks from now, three weeks from now. Uh, yeah. So we're saying in two weeks, that'll be our episode. Okay. So start reading. Um, all right. Well, uh, what are we doing next week? I need a film between one and 177. 88 for the year of your birth. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. We're doing laggies. We are doing Laggies. the A24 Indie Laggies. Nice. I know somebody in that movie. Oh, good, because they shot it like here, didn't they? Oh, did they? I didn't know that they I did. I think they shot in Washington. Oh, okay. So. Um, yeah, one of my one of my buddies who was actually in that Levi's commercial that I did. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, it was in that. Uh, uh, speaking of 88, you guys, it's July it's me and Kelly's it's birthday, birthday week. month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we, we usually do a birthday week, which is Ryan's birthday's on the 12th, mine's on the 17th. If you want to send us any presents, send us uh, a present. feel, feel free. 
Uh, yeah, uh, our address is Portland. <laughs> yeah, and it's just the best week ever because we get to celebrate each other and celebrate our friendship. And it's great. And we're gonna go out. We're gonna have a little bit of a party. Uh, please, you know, if you if you feel like buying us a birthday present, come join us over on Patreon. It would really really help us out. Like, we not only are we trying to build a community here, but also on there, and that would just make us feel super special. And we have kids that we want to feed. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. So, well, I love you the way that I love, love, love Ursula K. Le Guin novels. Mm, I love you like I love Jane Austen novels. It's incomplete, but it will be one day. <clears throat> and this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on A Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. I like that we can speak each other's language even when we don't say anything out loud.